The biggest complaint I hear from women is that they don't have the support they need from family and friends to uplevel their life, or they just don't know how to do it. Well, I'm changing all that. I have met amazing women on my podcast, and it's inspired me to create the Warrior Women Mastermind. What's a mastermind? It's a small group of women, hand-selected by me, specifically designed and curated for those women who want to up-level their business, brand, and mindset. You'll get incredible support and meet like-minded women in a non-competitive environment. You'll have incredible access to my network of coaches, entrepreneurs, and experts in every field to accelerate you on every level. My next mastermind is launching in the fall. Feeling like you need a push? A boost? Someone to pull you up where you're supposed to be? Well, go to my website at lizswadek.com and schedule a discovery call to learn more about how you can apply. That's Liz, L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. This is invitation only, ladies, but that invitation is waiting for you. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Welcome, warriors. This is episode 68 and episode four in our series on reinvention. My guest today is constantly reinventing herself and following her curiosities. She is so... Fun. You're just going to love her. When you reinvent, what you're really doing is realigning with your true self. You are realigning with who you really are. We all get to different plateaus in our lives, moments when we need to make changes. These reinventions go hand in hand with resilience. And sometimes, as my guest points out today, those noises become louder if you choose not to listen to them. I hope you love this conversation as much as I do. And if you love this podcast, you really, really love it, please share it with your friends. And if you really want to be a super fan, please leave us a five-star written review. It just sends us right up into the stratosphere when you do. So please. Okay. On to our sponsor. Rita Bakutsi. Oh my God, it's so good to see you, Rita. You were episode 25 and you were one of the most popular episodes, by the way, Rita. It was a financial warrior episode. What if I want to come and hang out with you more, Rita? What are you doing? Oh my gosh, Liz, I would love for you to come hang out more with me. And I'm going to extend a personal invitation to you and all your warrior women to join me at Wine, Women, and Wealth because that's a monthly event where we get to have fun together. It's a safe space to talk and we get to connect with other amazing women. Wine, women, and wealth. This sounds right up my alley. But what if I don't know anything, Rita? What if I really need a kind of a little bit of education around money? Well, then you can check out my free Money 101 webinar where you get to learn six key money principles, how to create a financial shield of armor. I love that. Okay, but what if I'm really serious about money? Like, what if I really want to get in deep with you? I want to learn a lot and I want to go fast. Well, if you want to go fast, Money Education Movement Boot Camp is yours. If you're serious and fast, you get that money mindset mastery, your money skills mastery in a small interactive group. Oh my God, I love all these things. Okay, I want to sign up for everything. Where do I go, Mama Rita? You get to go to mamaritamoney.com. 
Yes, that's M-A-M-M-A-R-I-T-A money.com. Come on, warriors, join me and let's get financially savvy. Okay, everybody, with 25 plus years of personal development, executive coaching, and global marketing expertise, Michelle Valenzuela Wolf is the founder of Empower Her Purpose. She is a transformational and values coach, a goal oriented motivator, a mother, a wife, and a wellness warrior. She incorporates many wellness modalities into her coaching as a certified coach, as well as a certified Reiki, meditation, and yoga teacher. She believes we are all multi dimensional beings with so much to offer, no matter where you come from or your life story. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Woohoo! What an introduction. What can I say? Wow. <laughs> I think we're done, right? Yeah, that was it. That was great. Great. Good for you. Good for me. Michelle, I'm so excited to have you on today. I went on your podcast and we had such a good time. And I told you, you're really one of my favorite interviewers ever. I think you're really a a, a top-notch interviewer. So I was really... That is so big compliment. Thank you. Yes. Yes. A huge compliment. And so I'm I'm super excited to have you on today because I feel like we had such a great conversation. It's almost like I want to continue continue the conversation. So I want to start at the foundation of how you, Michelle, came to be. So tell me about your parents and your cultural background and how that influenced who you are today. Thank you so much for asking that. So I come from what I like to call a Germamex background, which is Germamex. Is that what you said? That's right. Germamex. Germamex. So my mother is German from East Germany, and my father is actually first-generation Mexican-American. So he and my mom met when he was in the army in Germany. My mom had actually just escaped East Germany to West Germany and basically met, and it was like this instant love affair and brought her back to the U.S., not speaking any English, believe it. Yes. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So how did it impact me? You know, honestly, it's very interesting because people often say to me, you know, Michelle, when I look at whether it be my beauty counter team or whether it be my teams that I used to build in the corporate world, or frankly, like anybody who attends any of the Empower events, they're like, it's like the United Nations. We look across and there's not a type. It is all types and all different varying degrees of people. And it made me super interested in the intersection of people and culture. And in fact, I should have probably been a sociology major versus psychology. Mm. I love to like take in environments. Yeah. No, I, I love, I was a sociology major too, by the way. Oh, were you? That's funny. So I was psychology, but I always think like, God, I love to like analyze. Sociology is fascinating. Right? I used to love all the talk about like institutions and how they run and how there's like a whole culture inside there that you sometimes mm-hmm. can't escape and all the things. So yeah, no, it is fascinating. hundred percent. Yeah, I do quite love that. So I, that's, I mean, I'd say that's the main way that my background and my heritage has super impacted me. And it made me want to do international marketing and really just sort of bleed into other cultures is the way that I look at it. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. be super open to, I don't know, to knowing about them or learning about them because knowing, you're- Knowing, learning, yeah. embodying, yeah. like 
you know, people always laugh at me because so many of my friends are Asian and actually uh, black or African-American. And so people are always like, do you like secretly want to be that culture? And I said, you know, I, I think there's some overlap with the loyalty and trust that probably kind of goes all within my own culture. Yeah. 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 I do secretly want to be those cultures. I want to be everything. I want to be Greek. I want to be totally. I want to be all the things. Greek people are really fun. That's I love I Greek people. Oh my God. You founded Empower Her LA, which is now Empower Her Purpose, yes. which is an integrated business and wellness community network. But you did it after incubating the idea first with your women's group that you ran for 10, seven years. So tell yeah. me, how has it, how's, how has this kind of group evolved and what have you learned to kind of evolve it to this point? Great question. So Okay. So truth be known, and I don't actually write about this often, but I mean, I'm a connector at heart. Connection is one of my core values. However, every year I would do a cookie baking party. And in this cookie baking party, I would invite random groups of people. And then everybody sort of was forced to be friends for the day. From that cookie baking party, one day, my friend and I, Jenny, Dr. Jenny Silverstein, who's a therapist, and I were reading tarot cards for our friends. And coming from that tarot card reading, we all decided at this cookie baking party, people who had never known anything about tarot, nothing, right? like, I want to do a tarot card party. Like we need to know more about this because she would basically turn the cards and I would be, I knew everybody. So I'd be like, Oh, that's because this is going on, blah, blah, blah. So we were very much like team coaching, team tagging. Yeah. And so we do a tarot card party the next year. I was pregnant with my third baby and I was like, okay, cause I'm the connector. So I was like, I am not um, planning the party. If you guys want to go, I was really sick. I was like, if you guys want to find the tarot card person and do a party at your house, I am obviously there. So my friend who's the least likely to actually devise a tarot card party devises this tarot card party and coming out of that was like, shit was hitting the fan. Are you allowed to say shit? On yeah, the you can say it. I don't care. Shit's hitting the fan and I'm freaking out. Like, oh my God, I brought all these strangers together. They don't even really know each other. Now they know each other's personal information. What are we going to do with this? So I couldn't sleep that night. And I call my friend, Dr. Jenny Summerstein. And I say, I think we need to start a women's group. She's like, yes, you need to start a women's group. <laughs> she put it right back on you. <laughs> exactly. She's like, you'd be great at that. So I start this women's group and honestly, I was using all these modalities beyond coaching, like to try different things out on this group. Again, I was the connector, but these women have honestly transcended me. Like they're so close. They have their own little groups within the group. And I think part of the reason why was we tried so many different modalities that it just brought them deeper and deeper, not only into their knowing of themselves, but into their knowing of the individuals. Mm -hmm. So one thing we did, which I know like a lot of YPO groups do, which is Young Presidents Organization, for those of you on the call, is we did a lifetime. So what that, they call it a lifeline in YPO, but I call it a lifetime. And what that is, is from the day that you were born to present day, I provide them with 45 minutes of uninterrupted time to tell their life story. At the end, each person has to, you know, each person basically, you know, writes down all their questions. And from there, 
you know, they get to know somebody's life. Like when have you ever in your lifetime had somebody hear your story uninterrupted? Yes. And so it's inevitably super powerful. People become so interconnected and buy into each other on a level of depth that um, only your family sometimes knows. Anyways, that's basically, you know, how Empower kind of came about was by testing a lot of these different things. Mm -hmm. And then from there, when my mom got really ill, you know, I I would meet people all the time. They'd be like, oh, you have your women's group tonight. Like, when am I going to be able to be a part of that? Like, oh yeah, I know it's exclusive. And I'm like, no, I'm like the least person to be exclusive. So when my mom got really ill, I said to myself, well, I have a choice. I could continue to play small or I could choose to step into my own power and take my own guidance that I so often give to so many of my clients. And that's how Empower came about. I was like, all right, I'm almost 50. So it's either now or never. Let's do it. And there it was. I mean, and you know, I love that because that's when I started this podcast, almost 50. Mm-hmm. Am I going to go pl- keep playing small or do the safe things? Or am I going to launch this podcast and go down the rabbit hole and see where it takes me. So I think it's amazing that you did oh, that. Oh, thank yourself. you so much. And what was so beautiful about it, Liz, is that those women that are part of my original group, first of all, they cheerlead me, cheerlead me, yeah, through I don't all, know. That's a word. Let's go with that. Uh, it's a word. Uh, through all these different transitions with Empower. But in addition, they really they, they stood for me, you know, like it was like they, they were there to advocate on my behalf at different events through the different things that we did, but we're still together. That's great. You know, it's so, it's so interesting to see people that were strangers suddenly have most loyalty and trust than a lot of other people in their lives. Absolutely. Well, I also think it's interesting when you say the tell your life story in 45 minutes, I think, you know, even some of my really great friends, they don't know your life story. And sometimes like that stuff comes out, right? Like someone will say, oh, I'm adopted. Oh, you're adopted? Like, you know, you just don't, because you just don't know everything yes. about a person. Exactly. So I love this concept of doing mm-hmm. a, you know, tell your life story in 40, 45 minutes, because you're right. People are going to give you the highlights, the lowlights, the darkness, the light. They're going to kind of give you it all. So you really get a full picture of what that person's, life has been like. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that we're creating space, right? So for example, say we're at a lunch and somebody brings up in passing that they're adopted. So often that gets, a, it gets passed over and, and people yes. are like, oh, really you're adopted? And, the person, and then that's the end. Yes. And so it actually allows the person to process also the experience of say, for example, if that came up in in this lifetime of being adopted and it allows us to hold space for them in such a sacred way that most people don't give that time to people on an everyday level. That's really incredible. That is incredible. I love that so much. You say so many talented women sit with their gifts and ideas at their feet waiting. And I even find myself, I've done this. I've definitely done this. So why do we do that? Why do we sit with our gifts and ideas at our feet waiting? And how can we get ourselves to bring our gifts out into the world? I love this question. So, I mean, I think I'm guilty of this as well. I mean, we all get to different platforms and plateaus and basically get challenged by our fear, right? Yes. And the choice really comes in. Fear is 
you know, fear, perfectionism, wh- whatever umbrella we want to put them underneath, because there are so many, but really at the core, it's fear. And it's fear of failing, fear of success, fear of stagnation, fear of being accepted, acknowledged. There's so much, right? And I think we have to get to these points in our lives as women and as individuals, frankly, because men go through it but differently because they process differently. What do we want? How do we want to show up? And how do we choose to move forward? Because everything we do is a choice, right? Everything. And so, I mean, you know, people have asked me even during the time of Empower, like, you know, I mean, every day I'll go to Plate Fit for an exercise class and this woman will say, you need to continue with the membership. I'm like, I have enough people right now, right? And it's not because I'm exclusive. It's more know where your threshold is and what you're willing to put out. So I'm all about yes, right? I'm a yes person all the way. But I just like a lot of yes people get caught in the, wow, how did I get here? Is this what I want? And so as a coach and in my process of the way I choose to show up in my Empower community is I model the behavior for what making a mistake could look like, veering a different path, making choice based upon my own value set and what works for me now. That doesn't mean like 10 10 years from now, a month from now, whatever it might be, but I have to make choice based upon my value set. I have to constantly realign with my values, just like everybody else does. The thing is, and it's been very interesting having the podcast, Liz, that a lot of people don't really know what their values are. Yes, but you were, you were, we were going to, we're going to talk about this next, but yes, I agree with you. I think, or we do, but we don't know that we should be kind of looking at it through a lens and using them like as a tool versus just like, oh yeah, I like to connect with people. Absolutely. It's like, no, you're one of your highest values is connection. So maybe let's look at what that means for your whole life. Like you're happier when you're connecting. Shouldn't you have a job where you connect? Shouldn't you connect with your kids? Shouldn't you connect with your husband? Shouldn't you connect with your friends? What if you're not connecting? Should you maybe not connect with that friend? Negatively or positively. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't connect with that friend because you don't really feel like you connect, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Is it toxic? You know? And so, so, I mean, you know, honestly, like I have to constantly, one of the questions you asked me about uh, in writing was about resilience, right? Sometimes things that you're really good at are also not bringing you positive impact in your life. Right. Mm. And so it doesn't mean that because you're good at something that you're supposed to be doing it because we're good at a lot of things. Right. So again, what brings you joy? What lights you up? That goes back to our values. Right. Right. I love the idea. And I, I share this with you a hundred percent and agree that, you know, you can get into a pattern of doing the thing that you know how to do well and not really assessing, is this making me happy? Like, who cares exactly. if you know how to do social media really well? Maybe you don't want to do it. Yes. I mean, you, is, it, is it taking up all your time and making right. you happy? Or what is if it you hate it? What if you pretend you hate it? <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> exactly. okay. You know? Yes. So yeah. So I want to know also, how have you tapped into your energy so you can t- continue to do this amazing work that you do? Because it is, you know, even me with my warrior women community, like it can be really like, just draining sometimes because you really are there for women. I'm really there for women. I really care about them and what happens to them and how they're living. So how do you kind of, I don't know, protect your energy and and kind of keep your energy going so you can keep doing this work? Yeah. I love that you say that because it is, it's, I mean, you know, people think 
again, going back to you're good at something, right? So it's funny in the process of empower, I've almost returned in some ways. Like I've now I have this membership, right? The smaller group of people, but then I have my one-on-one coaching, right? And then all these other things that I do too, as you know, but I'd say that it used to be that I was like, I don't want to do one-on-one coaching anymore. I want to actually do more group stuff because I love, and I feed off the energy of the group and I love moderating and facilitating and I love presenting, you know? And then I'd say, I still love those things. The word that comes up is boundaries and protecting my time and my family's time for that matter too, because You know, one of the things I learned about when I left the corporate world and I actually went to USC's business school and UCLA's business school, and I thought, oh, now I'm going to work nine to five. That's just going to be who I am. You can change the environment, but you can't change the person. So inherently, who I am is a workaholic and somebody who, like, it's the bright, shiny object. You know, some of my friends call me a squirrel, right? Because I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I want to do that. Oh, no. (laughs) And I think the reality is, like, It's about setting boundaries for yourself and being realistic about where you want to invest your time. You know, my husband told me um, a few years back, because of course, as we started adding more babies and then we had three babies and, and he used to say to me, he said, you know, the thing about you is that you don't ever take anything off. You just keep adding more, but you never ask yourself the question is like, at what consequence is that coming at? And I'm like, why are you so smart? Yeah, right. Excuse me. Are you coaching me, husband? Exactly. Sure. No, but that's a really good point. How many women just, and you know what? Listen, this is why women have heart attacks, Mm -hmm. by the way, because we just keep spinning those damn plates and adding more plates. We never take a plate away, right? Like we don't think the solution is what can I remove or not do? We think the solution is how can I do more? That's going to fix it. And I don't think that fixes it. I think the answer is always doing less, being, you know, being more, yes, but being doing less. Doing. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. I think that might be the key right there. Well, I think that that's where yoga really comes into play for me and meditation is that, you know, I always prayed. I come from a, a very, going back to when you asked me about like, how does my, my upbringing influence me? I was raised really spiritual and very Christian. And my mom was funny, you know, she used to always invite like all these random different religions into our home that would come door to door and they're not random. They're very structured. You know, I'd show up at home and I'd be like, who's that? You know, and she'd be like, Oh, like, you know, I invited so-and-so in to hear their story. I'm like, that's so nice of you. But I think spirituality has been a common thread through my whole life. When I left the corporate world, I chose to become a coach you know, people were like, oh, like, you know, first of all, was it like an athletic coach? Cause I'm so athletic, you know? And I was like, no, it's actually like life coaching or executive coaching. But back then nobody really knew what a coach was right now. Everybody's a coach, but like right. back then coaching wasn't a, it's still a fragmented industry, but it was like, people didn't understand it. And so the spirituality component of coaching at that point in time, I didn't own as much. I was more of an executive coach because coming off the heels of corporate, it was very much like all around, you know, how are you going to get promoted or how are we going to sustain you or how can we be a better manager and all those different types of things, right? Or yeah. how do you work better, more effectively with your team? Yeah. And I transitioned and transcended into a more 
transformational coach. So I'd say that because I've handled so many different transitions in my life and be, probably because I, I like to learn. So I just keep, Oh, I want to learn more about that. I want to learn more, you know, so the whole, the whole spirituality component was this beautiful thread that I started owning more and more of, because when I left the corporate world, I was afraid to tell my story. I was afraid that I wouldn't be hired if I was honest about having a violent allergic reaction to stress. And, you know, so it was like as time went on and I owned more of who I was and I wasn't afraid, mm-hmm. the more I was able to bring out and be more open about the spiritual part of me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because I was yeah. afraid back then of being judged for it versus saying, oh, I have all these modalities for you. You know, well, also, my God, we all go into these journeys like you're all these things you're certified in Reiki and yoga and all that. You don't do that for no reason. You mm-hmm. do that because you need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah we do what we actually need. It's not that we, you know, we're, oh, let me be a Reiki teacher, Liz, so I can teach you. No, you want to learn that for you too. And if yeah. you can help others, that's amazing. But you, you know, really, you're doing that for you, you know, because Absolutely. that's a lifeline for you. So I think that's, I think it's amazing that that's, that's part of your story. And that's why, you know, you've gone into all these different modalities so you can help other people too, who are going yeah. through, you know, extreme stress and all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that with meditation and what a gift it's been for both of us and yes. how thankfully there's so many different tools available now for yeah. that. You know, before it used to be like, you'd have to learn from an individual, but thank right. God for a lot of the apps out there, like Unplug and Insight Timer. And yes, so that you like can that. just do it. And by the way, you can do none of the apps. You can just go in your backyard, close your eyes, sit quietly mm-hmm. and meditate for five minutes. I just want to say that for all the people like me who thought you had to do something, you don't have to do anything. You don't just have go to in your backyard, anything. sit in your apartment, find a quiet space, close your eyes, set a timer for five minutes. If you, I, I, that's your first step. Because I, it took me a really long time to even come to this. So I'm going to encourage anybody who's still on the fence or hasn't done it. And if you can't give yourself five minutes, you got a big fucking problem. Let's be real. If you will not give yourself five minutes with your eyes closed, you have a bigger problem than you know. So I just want to say this to everyone listening, because I did that. I was like, oh no, no five minutes over here. I don't have five minutes. Really? I don't have five minutes for myself? Come on. Those are excuses. That's horrible. That's horrible. Don't treat yourself like that. Exactly. And and thankfully, like as we get older, we give ourselves more time. Yes. Yes. But I think like, I think, you know, one thing to be really clear about to your point about five minutes, it actually only takes 16 seconds to shift your brain. That's about three to five deep breaths. So giving yourself that if you look at it like that, it's even less than five minutes. It's it really, it's, it, it's a must. We talked about motivators and values. We just mentioned it earlier too. So tell me what are some of your values that are the most important to you and why? Ooh, I love it. I love this question. This is your love language. It is totally my love language. <laughs> We're going to play my game. I'm telling you. I know, I know. My five top core values are community, connection, collaboration, loyalty, and I would probably say inspiration. I think we have some of the same. I'm sure we do. Well, it's probably why we connect, number yes. one. Yeah. But number two, why we're in a similar line of work. True, true. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think you have fun and adventure in there somewhere oh, too. Because sure. when I saw you on those damn roller skates and that picture you put mm-hmm. on Instagram, doing a freaking split, I almost died. I was like, she is so fun. 
Oh my God. See, can you please, please, will you please, please be part of my roller skating club? Cause I, I mean, I think I need, I need to, I haven't roller skated in a long time, but it used to be good. I believe that we could do it. I'll even, I have a, if I, instead of me leading it, I have like a teacher teach the class. Okay. I think I'm we need to do it. This. It needs to be part of like one of these fun adventures. Cause I agree. I have to say it totally. Well, actually I want to do it for my birthday party. I want to go to moonlight roller. Oh yeah. 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 In Glendale, if it's open, I'm sure it'll be open by then. I think it's going to be open. We take a party, but it's open. So you've accomplished a lot. You've learned a lot. You've discovered so many gifts in yourself, which is amazing, which I think is what women are here to do is just discover all these gifts over time, right? What are some of your goals and dreams that you hope to accomplish in the next few years? I'm just dying to know what, what is like in the, in the distance that you're, that you're maybe like noodling and thinking that would be really amazing. That is fun. How about skydiving? No, just kidding. It is one of them. Oh. I think some of the questions that I have are, or even for myself, you know, like, I think it's different being an entrepreneur, right? Like you and I, you can come up with a business plan and then you're like, is that what I really want to do? Which goes back to kind of what you and I talked about, constantly realigning with yourself. But I would say, you know, I'm sort of the type of person that whatever goal I want to take on, I'm going to take it on. And so some of the honest goals have been like, well, would you rather do more like business consulting and such for companies, which I've been doing a lot of through the years, but limiting that to do more coaching. So something that's been happening has been more around the integration of both Mm -hmm. of you know, it used to be like, I kept it separate. Like we're coaching right now. We're not business consulting, you know, but what I find happening is, is that more and more business consulting is coming. Mm -hmm. I think also some of the things I definitely want to do is a TEDx talk. It's sort of in the works. I would say like, these are things that I've started, haven't continued because I get yeah, sidetracked by the shiny objects. Yes. I say continuing to build the podcast for sure. And two other things is getting my values cards reprinted and actually not only just doing the workshops, but actually selling them retail wise, because I really think they work because I do feel like, especially during this pandemic, I've seen that people are just so unclear about what they really stand for mm-hmm. and how, how they make choice. Cause that's how you make choice every day is through your value cards. And the other thing is this quote book that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Okay. Well, that's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. That's, See, good like, though. that's to, like, good. It's a long life. I had to settle in because I was like, oh yeah, there's those things that are like there. Uh-huh. Again, when do you step in? Well, it's but you know of- what? Timing is everything too. And sometimes it's the right time. And so, you know, sometimes it, it, it's a universal timing too. I feel like, you know, like sometimes when I think things get on the back burner for me, I always say, oh, maybe that's not supposed to be like born right this second. Maybe totally it needs to be agree. born in like six months or maybe it needs to be born in a year. And yes. you know, sometimes you have to kind of take that. I mean, it's one thing if you're just constantly being distracted by nonsense, you know, like just things that are not at all attuned, aligned with your goals or, or, your, or your values or anything you want to do. That's, that's not good. But sometimes when you're going down the rabbit hole of something that's kind of exciting, like I love the way Elizabeth Gilbert uh, writes a book, which Mm -hmm. I think you probably know this, but I love the way she writes a book is she goes deep into this like fascination. It starts with an idea, like her her book, like the signature of all things. 
Mm-hmm. She went to her, to her publisher. She's like, I'm going to write a book about plants. And he was like, I'm going to kill you. Like, that is not happening. You are not writing a book about plants. She's like, yes, I am. See you later. Bye. And she started looking into plants and how do, how do plants come from like another country and come here? And she wove this whole story. It is incredible, this book. But it starts it. with, it is insane. It's the wildest ride signature of all things. You will love it. It is, you will love it. It's a great summer read too, by the way. She starts with her facts. Lavender came from here. It was brought over by this guy. Mm -hmm. You know, she goes deep into the history and the facts and then she weaves this crazy story, but she lets herself be fascinated and drawn in and sucked into a world that she knows nothing about. And she lets herself go all in on that. And then here comes the story because she can't be like, I have to write another book. Let me write a book. Here I go writing well, a book. That's the way I feel, you know, in general, I mean, I know that once it becomes a big business, right. Once you start again, evaluating what it is that you really want, right. You know, once it becomes really big and you have a payroll that you're trying to reach and all the, those different things, sometimes it could take the joy out of it. Oh, 100%. to me, the joy of writing a book comes from the passion of you learning about the subject matter or and still following that and being curious and going deeper and and I feel like you know I I I don't know this woman but I need to read her book because I I actually feel philosophically the same way because people have said you know TEDx talk for a while and it was funny like 4 years ago somebody called me and said you really need to do a TED talk and and I'm going to coach you through it and I was like mm, I don't know I'm it's not ready it's percolating yeah, the baby's not ready yet yes yeah but I I do feel like the baby is more ready now because I'm owning more of me and I'm ready for that versus at the time I was building and it was too overwhelming for me. It didn't sound joyful. I just feel like there's so many things that I want to do that, you know, probably like you, it's time. Yeah, it's time. And and you know what? There's time for everything. And I think when it comes to fruition, when these things come to fruition, it's so much more satisfying. It's not like you're never going to do the TED talk. It's like, you know, you're going to do it. But it also has to feel like you're saying, you're like assessing it. Like, does that feel joyful to me? Or does that feel like a noose around my neck? It's not that you won't yeah. do it. It's that maybe right now is not the time. And, or maybe exactly. it is. And you have to kind of assess and is that. that the topic? Yeah. Right? Like, right. it's like, why that topic? You right. know? And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where we're both really similar. It's just, I'm constantly percolating. Like, yeah. it, there's like not one thing. It's like many. You know, I always have 17 things. Well, what's coming up next for you and how can we kind of work with you and connect with you? Because I know people after hearing this and we're going to go into the speed round next, Michelle, you're not getting away that easy, but I like that. But I want to know like how, I know you're kind of launching some things, like tell us all the things we could kind of get involved with you. Thank you. Yeah. So first and foremost, we have a membership that will be relaunching and not relaunching, but reopening, you know, in September. So I'd love for you to be a part of the Empower community. We'll be doing more in-person events, probably on a quarterly basis, um, you know, and some online events, just so that you know. And then in addition to that, you know, I, I am always available for transformational coaching and I'm a huge um huge proponent of making and seeing change in people and seeing them be their best self and championing their champion, championing them there. Yes. Yes. And then I think if you're interested in being on my podcast, you're welcome to always contact me. You can reach me at, at empower underscore LA and at 
uh, empowerpurpose.com. You can DM me. I'm always available. Of course, I have my own personal link, which I do mostly my beauty counter business on because I'm also a beauty counter consultant. And that's at Witty Wolf, W-I-T-I-W-O-L-F. And I'd love to hear from you. Connection's one of my, my core values. Yes. And I'll put this all in the show notes so everyone can go right to you the minute they need to. All right. We're, we're now onto the speed round. It's party time. Ready. Let's go. Okay. Yes. Cocktail of choice. Ooh, well, it's interesting. I heard it's called a ranchero or something last night. I was on a phone. I'm going to Nashville this weekend. So it was on the, I was on the phone with a friend, but it's really tequila soda with some Grand Marnier. Oh, I've never heard of this before. Neither had I. Tequila soda with Grand Marnier. And some lime. So I usually do tequila Mm. soda with lime. Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. This, it's a little grandma. Yeah, that's a ranchero. Only 70 calories, ladies. Oh, well, there you go. That's a reason to drink it right there. What is a mantra or quote that you live by? I know you probably have 20, but pick one of these mantras or quotes that you live by. It's actually something that I repeat to myself. Step in, not out. Hmm. Tell me. Tell me about so that. really what stepping in and not out is, is that it's easy, like you said, like a lot of women out there, have so many gifts, right? So, and they're waiting. So instead it's actually about stepping into the fear and feeling it and actually stepping through on the other side to step out. You see what I'm saying? I like that. Yes. Yeah, so it's really like being an active participant in your life. That's yeah. really my hope and goal is each person is an active participant in their life. I love that. What does resilience mean to you? Mm. Resilience to me kind of goes hand in hand with determination and grit for that matter. Resilience is at all costs facing whatever obstacle or opportunity or fear or, you know, or problem. I don't like to look at things in problems. I look to look at them in solutions and to come out the other side. And that doesn't mean that it's a positive outcome. It could be actually an outcome that is just the outcome for now. And you setting into that, learning from it, and taking that learning, maybe not even at that time, but 10 years from now. So that's what resilience means to me. It's really not being afraid to to step into the muck and to feel it and get dirty and really come out and be like, wow, that was amazing. And let me tell you why. Yeah. That's that growth mindset. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also think it's important to note that it it isn't always a positive outcome and you may not see the lessons and the greatness of it, you know, in the moment, you know, it may take a minute <laughs> to kind of process all that out and that, you know, you can still be resilient and have a not great outcome. They say the noises get louder if you choose not to listen to them. Right. Yeah. So in the efforts and time 17 years ago of me aligning with myself and redefining who I wanted to show up as, because I don't believe that the person is necessarily somebody different. It's the same person. It's just that you're realigning with who you are. And often you've lost that person because you're basically trying to please someone else or live up to someone else's dream or their goals. Right. So, so in that time, I've been faced with things where the noises got louder. So it went from the violent allergic reaction to getting into a car accident in England, like and hitting the roundabout head on. And again, still not listening. But the choice needed to be like, do you put yourself first or do you put others first? Who's more important? It's our choice for ourselves to realize that self-care is about self-love and loving yourself because nobody is going to put you first unless you do. So true. 
That is a great, great point. What makes you feel unstoppable? I think when I'm like living in my elements or, or living in my value, like, you know, for me, when I do events or when I bring people together and I see it all in action and people are all like co-mingling and inner intermixing, I love it. Like I love, like, I feel like I did my job. So even if I didn't make money on it, maybe that's not the right thing to say. Right. But like, even it's more like, I feel unstoppable when I see people reaching their highest purpose and power or when they feel happy, when I see the joy in their face, it brings joy to my face. And therefore I feel like my case study is done. (laughs) I love that. Who do you admire? Mm, I love Maya Angelou. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love her. Why? I feel like she was at the forefront of feminism, but also not only that, she was at the forefront of, frankly, racism. Two very like opposing things that were not necessarily positives, but they became positive. Her messaging is always so spot on uh, and hopeful and providing the light. Like she always provided the light in any darkness. And maybe I, I see some of that in myself. Um, I really do feel like, I do feel called that it was a purpose for me to serve women, you know, and serve people because it's not really just about women for me. I mean, although that's sort of my demographic, right? Right. Yeah. I feel like I, I, whenever I'm meditating, I keep getting, I always am like, what's my intention or what, you know, I ask myself these questions and it always, it always goes back to be the light, be the light, be the light. Cause it's the simplest thing, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're in the grocery store or you're leading a group of women. I just try to be the light. You know, I try to be the light in the world because the world can feel really dark. And I, and I think when you're the light, then you also bring that connection piece and all of that. And people feel like they're less alone because you're, you're walking in the light and you're bringing them in. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we, well, we, we are a reflection of each other, right? So if we provide light to others, then our light will shine upon them. And again, just like, you know, experiences may not be in that moment that they reflect that light back, but they will at some point. Yeah. What are you most proud of? Hmm. You know, this sounds so cliche, but like my, my kids probably like, you know, I think another reason why I chose to launch Empower was, you know, when you're individually coaching, People don't really know what you're doing because I think people knew the business person, but they really never knew the coach. And especially back then, I was doing a lot of volunteering at the schools. And so I think that my children never saw what I really did or what I what I was capable of. And I think that I've seen that not only in my own children, but in friends of children, that the positivity that I'm sharing for women and girls, because I used to do more girls group stuff, has stayed with them. So I think that, and and I remember also, Liz, that in the beginning, a friend of mine said, you don't have to launch in your community. Our community is so hard. You know, you don't need to do that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start with my community because this is my network. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it's okay. At least I tried. And my message is all about positivity. So let's try it. And if I make it here, then I guess you can make it anywhere. 
you know? right. exactly. But there's no, there's no harm in trying also. Yeah. If it's what you feel like you're called and led to do, you want to do it. Yeah. So I'd say like my kids and, you know, that kind of inter, intertwines to like empower and mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I think it's important to leave a legacy behind of what you feel like people knew about you. Mm-hmm. What's exciting you the most right now? Talking to you. <laughs> and roller skating. And roller skating. Yes, I love roller skating. My yellow roller skates are so They're cute. yellow. They're canary They're yellow. So They're so fabulous, your roller if skates. If you only knew the story behind the roller skates, you would die because those skates took me like six months to get. And I stalked people on eBay and... <laughs> You well, you won the lottery on those because they're oh, amazing. Thank you. Well, I like them better than the other ones that I got off eBay. So those are like <laughs> green. These good to know. This is where you get the roller skates. I have to get them on eBay. I got to. Good to know. Yeah, I don't know if my white ones feet. from 1980 whatever are still working. I bet you they are. We could just put some oil in those wheels and just get you rolling. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but by the way, no, seriously, I want you to know that you are the thing that's making me excited right now. Because like we said, being versus doing, I mean, I'm seriously like super in the moment right now. Yeah, that's so good, right? Mm-hmm. It's always good when that happens. I told you I was very excited to talk to you today because it was not going to feel like work at all. Exactly. And it doesn't. Yeah, because I just love you. So anyway, thank you so much for coming on today, Michelle, mm-hmm. and sharing your story and your wisdom and your your juice with us because you know sometimes we listen to these podcasts and we're looking for a little juice we're feeling low we're feeling stuck we're feeling meh and then we hear you talking and we say i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do that thing i'm gonna use my gift i'm gonna do it so thank you for coming on today and i love that oh of course that they they do call me the motivator i do want you to know that i am so grateful that you invited me on and i'm so grateful i had you on and for our connection honestly like i feel like you and i together can move mountains and how lucky are we to be together honestly yes i'm glad we found each other in these, in these COVID times. Me too. Okay, thank right. you for joining me, everyone. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swanick. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye. Bye.